0: For those who may not know me, I am the student pastor here at Polaris Christian Church. I, my name is David, and I have the awesome opportunity and privilege of hanging out with teenagers, which makes me the youngest 34-year-old in the world, which I'm okay with. A big part of what I do is uh, in the summertime, we go to something called church camp. Now, if you've never heard of church camp in your life, it, it basically it, it takes a week and you spend it with each other, and you spend it with God and getting closer to him. And, and to me, in an ever-decreasing summer vacation that our students have, uh, it is worth uh, every minute, it is worth every dime spent uh, to be a part of it. And we've had the honor of taking uh, we're gonna, by the end of the camp season, we have, take, we'll, we'll have taken 36 kids to, to camp. Um, my next camp is next Sunday. This middle school camp, I'm taking 20 middle schoolers with me. So say an extra prayer, <laughs> maybe light a candle, do something, because I'll need it, and so will my leaders. Uh, but all jokes aside, our, our student ministry here is growing, and it's been a, a phenomenal um, honor to be a part of it. Working with teenagers, the big thing that you will learn is you got to be on your A-game in multiple areas of your life, but in particular, you have to be on your A-game when it comes to integrity. Because they're watching. I mean, anything that you say, anything you may post on social media, um, your actions, how you treat others, they are watching. And they're the first people, when you aren't strong with your integrity, to call you out on it. And so it's one of the things about being a part of student ministry is you've got to make sure you're strong there. I also have a three-year-old, and my son is named Liam, and there's been multiple times where my wife has asked me, so where did you learn this? (laughs) And most likely it's me, um... So you have to be, I have to be on my A game with integrity around my son because I want to teach him to do the right thing uh, and to be that kind of person. This morning we started with a video, a very short video, but it was one of those videos that you want to laugh, you want to go ha-ha, then all of a sudden you go, oh, that could be me. And the question I want to ask you this morning, or, or you can ask yourselves, if you could rate your integrity in life? Where would you rate yourself right now? Would it be a five star, half a star, somewhere in the middle? And I'm sure if we look at the big things in life, the, the big areas we may look at it and go, you know what, I'm, I'm good here. But if you start looking at the small stuff, the you know, extra change you're given or returning clothes type thing, the Starbucks stuff you might say well I, can work, I need to work on that integrity is hard sometimes and the reason why it's hard and we struggle with it is, is making right decisions, good decisions isn't always a natural reaction we make bad decisions all the time we make a bad decision in our bodies yes that third piece of cake and the fourth one you have hidden it's good stuff <laughs> I mean, we, not going to the gym even though everything tells you you should go to the gym, or going to the gym and just watching the television. That's a workout, right? I mean, we make bad decisions what we post on social media. You, you go through a Facebook feed, and there's probably going to be some words that you may have should have not put there. We make bad decisions with our coworkers, the things we do in the office. We make bad decisions when it comes to our friends and family. Honestly, bad decisions are easier than good ones. This morning, we're going to continue the the Sermon on the Mount. And we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount as a a church, and we're towards the end of it. I think next week we'll be wrapping up uh, with his last words of the sermon. But Jesus, as he's, he's closing this out, talks about this idea of integrity, about making right decisions. And my hope for this morning is that when you, you leave here, that you're challenged. That you're challenged to walk out here desiring to have more integrity. The truth is, when it comes to integrity, making those good decisions, the most important thing that we need in life is to make sure God is the center of everything that we do. Because when Jesus is the center of everything that we do, integrity becomes a natural reaction. And so we're going to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to start from there. So if you, wanna, if you have your Bibles today, or if you want to grab a Bible and open it to Matthew 7, I love being able, I know I, there's words up here, but I think there's something special about opening up the Word of God. And so Matthew chapter 7, <clears throat> verse 13 These are the words of Jesus. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and few find their way through it. Can anyone tell me what is the largest man made structure on earth that you can see from space? Great Wall of China. Now, the Chinese built this wall for a purpose. They made it so long that you couldn't go around it. They made it so high you couldn't go over it. They made it so thick that you couldn't go through it. And they had a point through. They wanted they had a big army of the north that was always coming in to to, to invade them and take their land. But did you know after a hundred years after it has been it was made that the Chinese were invaded three separate occasions by the armies of the north. And they didn't go through the wall. They didn't go under the wall. They didn't go over the wall. And they didn't go around the wall. They walked through the front gate. They bribed the gatekeeper. And they walked right in. I tell you this because I'm sure the gatekeepers up there go, oh yeah, I'm getting paid. His integrity was uh, a little short there but Jesus doesn't mix words in the scripture he's saying listen doing the right things hard making the right choice isn't always easy and his phrasing the the narrow is the gate it's fairly easy to understand that a narrow gate's going to be hard to go through with a mass group of people you're going to have to go one at a time and what he's saying is, listen, Christianity, this following me, is going to cost you, is going to cost you in your integrity. And Jesus is starting a new movement here. He's not starting an established church. I mean, understand, when Jesus speaks these words, this is a whole new thing. This isn't something that has been there forever. He is starting a new movement. And you would think, starting something new, you would want to make it easy for people to join in. But Jesus goes, no, following me isn't an easy path. The truth is, when it comes to our integrity, it starts with our decision-making. And it seems like a simple remedy to having better integrity, but starting with the decisions, even the decisions you make today, will become who you are in the future, regardless how old you are. So, how do we start making good decisions this morning? Paul says it's not necessarily a matter of behavior, it's more of a matter of your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Catch what Paul's saying here. He's not saying, listen, you, you have to have all these, these, these behaviors down. You have to have all these uh, this, right actions down. It really starts in your mind, it starts with what's going on in here. If we want to think, change our thinking and, and have more integrity, it starts there. It starts with getting your mind right. Getting your heart centered. And Jesus, even in his, when you think about his uh, forgiveness, the idea behind being a Christian a follower of Christ isn't necessarily changing everything in your life. It's changing your heart, changing the way you think. Jesus is interested in what your thoughts are. So how do you start having more integrity this morning? And it comes down to practice and time. Now, a lot of us will sit there and want things automatically. We do live in a generation that says, I want things now, or I want things five seconds ago. I mean, how many times have you sent a text out to someone and you are like, impatiently waiting when the three dots come up? And then the three dots disappear, and you get upset because obviously they're not, they, they saw your message, but they're not going to type to you. I mean, we, we are too, we're in a generation that wants things right away, but if you want to change your integrity, you want to change the way that you think it takes time. And it starts with doing small things every day. starts with simply focusing your mind on Scripture, finding time to read the Bible, finding time to talk to God and, and to pray with Him, and pray, pray for your friends, pray for your family. It starts with memorizing Scripture. I, to me... One of the biggest steps in my personal walk with God was starting to memorize chunks of scripture. Because when things happen, because life happens, it's easier to have that memorized and go right to it than trying to pull it up. I mean, focusing your mind and your heart on God will lead to you changing your actions and your decision-making so you can have better integrity. Because integrity happens when God is the center of your thoughts. Jesus continues his sermon in verse 15 it says watch out for false prophets they are like sheep's clothing but inwardly they're vicious wolves by their fruit you will recognize them do people pick grapes from the thorn bush likewise every good tree bears good fruit but a bad tree bears bad fruit a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And every tr- tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will, know their act, you will recognize them. When Jesus continues his talk on integrity, he's saying that you know, good decisions, good thoughts over time will, will help you lead to better integrity. But it needs to have action. I tell our students this all the time. When you come to church on Sunday, you come to uh, youth group Wednesday nights, you do church camps, and that's awesome. We love hanging out. We love you being a part of those talks. But if there's no action connected to those thoughts, they're just Words. And it happens constantly. If you're not putting whatever you learn into action, you end up forgetting what you learned. And it's important here, too. And Jesus wants us to know that to follow him, we have to have actions connected. Actually, the book of James puts it this way. In James chapter 2, he says, he says What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if, any, if someone claims to have faith but have no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes or daily food and you say to them go in peace keep keep warm and well fed but you do nothing about their physical needs what good is it in the same way faith by itself without with if not accompanied by action is dead integrity isn't just believing something is right it's doing something about that thing. Simply knowing that it's right isn't okay. It's not enough. You need to not just agree with it. You have to do something about it. But if you're honest with ourselves, sometimes it's not always the case. You can agree, yeah, I agree with that, but I'm not going to act upon it. I mean, you, We may hear you have to start showing your, your coworkers more respect, but I'm not sure if you're going to actually do it. You can believe that we should maybe not steal stuff from the office, You can believe that it's wrong um, to not have integrity in your relationships. You can believe that, you know, everything's going to be fine What you're clicking on your internet browser. You can believe that things are right, but there needs to be an action connected to your thoughts. For those who know me well, I love history. I think history is important. I think history's fun. I'm actually reading a book on John Adams, and it's like 800 pages, and my wife looks at me and goes, okay. I enjoy history. I think it's it's phenomenal. I think you learn a lot about it. So I like to use history as examples. And so this morning I want to talk to you about a man named Al Capone. Now, some of you know who Al Capone is. Some of you don't. For those who do not know who Al Capone is, he was a mobster in the uh, city of Chicago, one of the, the most notorious crime bosses ever. There was nothing good about Al Capone. It, his nickname's Scarface. So I mean, I'm not sure how good of a nickname it is. If, if he's not about jelly beans and butterflies, that's for sure. Um, but he's, he was notorious. He stayed out of prison for a long time because he had himself a very good lawyer. His name was Easy Eddie, if you're going to have a lawyer and you're a mob boss, Easy Eddie is definitely one you want to have. And he did his best to keep Al Capone out of prison. And he did a very good job at that. And he, his reward was financial gain and, and he was protected by the mob. Then one day his life changed because he had a son. And he started realizing that the life he was showing his son was, was not very good and he wanted to give his son two things that he didn't have the ability to. He wanted to give his son a good name, but his name was not good. Working with Al Capone and getting him off crimes wasn't a good thing. He also wanted to teach his son what integrity looked like, and he had no integrity to give. And so one day, Easy Eddie made a hard decision. He was going to turn on the mob, and he testified against Al Capone, and it cost him dearly. It cost him his life. Fast forward some time, and I want to introduce you to another man in history, Butch O'Hare. Maybe some of you have heard of Butch. Maybe some of you haven't. He's the first World War II fighting ace. Um, he was famous for saving a lot of lives on the Lexington. Lex- Lexington was his battleship. And so the story goes that Butch decided to go out on a, on a mission with his, his, his fellow pilots, realized his plane wasn't filled up with gas. So he had to turn around because he wouldn't be able to make it to the mission and back. On the way back to the Lexington, he realizes uh, that there's a Japanese fighting fighting squadron coming towards his boat. And that boat was unarmed. And so Butch did what he did. He, He let his 50 cows go. He ran out of bullets and started clipping airplanes with his wings. Made it back. Was rewarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. saved so many different lives. Butch, his father, was easy Eddie. And to me, that's an amazing story. To me, that's a story that hits home. I share this with you this morning because some of us really struggle with this integrity thing. We want to do the right thing. We desire to, to connect our thoughts to our actions, but it doesn't always work out. It's hard to do. And some of us may feel that maybe we're too far gone, that there's no way we can actually start making the right decisions now, how it's going to uh, make an impact. I, I've done the way, lived the way I've lived for so long now. I'm here to tell you this morning you're never too far away, you can always correct the ship. It starts with actions, small actions every day centering around what Jesus wants for your life. What are you doing this morning? What are you doing today? You can take steps towards integrity because integrity happens when God is the center of our actions. So Jesus wraps up this small section of the sermon with this. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only one who does will know my Father. Many of you will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not drive out demons in your name? Did I not perform miracles? And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. I don't know about you, but that's a powerful couple of verses. Because what Jesus is saying here, he's saying, listen, you can come to church on Sunday mornings, you can listen to wonderful worship music and you can listen to a speaker Uh, you can serve in different ministries, you can put money that go to amazing causes that can change people's lives, you can have the biggest smile on your face when you walk in the lobby door but if you do not know who I am I do not know who you are if you don't know who I am uh, there's no forgiveness there the gospel of John tells us this as well in John 14, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. My father, father's house has many rooms. If that was not so, I would not have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you there to be with me. You know the place where I'm going. Then Thomas, his disciple, said, Lord, We don't know where you're going, so how can we find the way? How do we know the way? And Jesus simply replied, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Forgiveness comes through Jesus. Making right choices comes to having Jesus in the center of your life. I tell our teenagers that one of the most important things that you can learn when it comes to being a follower of Jesus is that you need to have a filter of Jesus. That everything you see, everything you do, everything you think needs to go through that filter. And when you do that, making right choices, having integrity in your life becomes easier. Because integrity happens when we know God and God knows us. And he is the center of our lives He's the center of our thoughts and our actions. He's the center of who we are. At some point in our lives, I'm sure when we were younger, we were asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And a lot of us had our answers. We had ballerina or we had, you know, fireman, policeman. I had, I wanted to be Hulk Hogan. And sadly, it never happened, but it's fine. I, I, I cry a silent tear. Um, and for some of us, we got to make, make that goal. We became a police officer, we became a nurse, or we, we became a lawyer. And for others, some of us, we're still searching, we're still looking around, seeing what's next. But I think the more important question that we want, I want to ask my son and, and I want you guys to ask yourselves isn't so much what do you want to be when you grow up, what kind of person do you want to be? And if we have integrity in our life, we can answer that question better. God wants you to do great things. That's one of his goals. He wants you to, to have extreme amount of integrity in your life, but He will not force you to make that decision. That depends on you. The truth is that if we want to live life with integrity, he has to be the center. Because integrity comes when right thinking connected to, to right actions is surrounded and in the center of God. So, we're going to have one more song. I want the band to come up one last time. And, and we're going to sing the song Be the Center. And the chorus says this Jesus be my fire of my heart. Jesus be the wind of my sail. Be the reason I live. My prayer and my challenge for you this morning is that you make God the center. Because when we do so, we'll have integrity in our thoughts, we have integrity in our actions, we'll have integrity in life. It all comes down to Jesus being the center. Let's pray. Father, I humbly stand before you and. And I thank you for your son. I thank you for his example in life that we can use today. Your desire to know us more and our desire to be known by you. I ask you as we sing this song that, that we focus on uh, making you the center of everything inside and out. And I ask you this in your name. Amen.